listeners, welcome to Ted and Michael Read Sketches into Microphones. You know what show this is. You clicked on it. I'm Michael Paul Smith. I'm Ted O'Gorman. Ted. Mike. Werner Herzog is back. He's back, all right. Mm Mm-hmm. He found himself in prison after kidnapping first beloved actor Steve Zahn. And then a family because he believed them to be the family of beloved actor Steve Zahn. Turns out they were not related. And now somehow... He's up for parole. Listen to this. Um, uh, hello? Uh, is, is, is he on? Uh, no. It's pronounced Zahn. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, no, I, I, uh, I know who you are. I was asking my colleague here if you were on the call, which obviously you are. So <laughs> thanks for joining us, Mr. Zahn. My name is Officer Seymour Scagnetti. I'm on the parole board here in West Hollywood. I'm Deidre Day. I'm also on the parole board. Hello. And we are, of course, here with Prisoner 26201, also known as Werner Herzog. So, obviously, Mr. Zahn, you have been the victim of stalking and kidnapping at the hands of Mr. Herzog. He has, however, been an exemplary prisoner. He's helped us out a lot with our security cameras. The footage is beautiful now. Beautiful footage. It's not just the cell blocks you're looking at now. It's like real-time docudrama and cinemascope. Great. Sounds smart. Very. And due to his good behavior, Mr. Herzog is in fact up for parole. And since you seem to be an inadvertent trigger for his criminal behavior in the past, we thought we'd set up a call just to see if there are any changes to his behavior now that you're on the line. Right. Right. In short, can he have a conversation that we'd consider normal? That's what matters. Yes. Okay. Great. Mr. Herzog, the floor is yours. Hello, Steve. Hey, Warner. How have you been, Steve? Well, that question implies a certain familiarity that, frankly, I don't feel, Warner, because, you know, we've never, like, hung out for fun or anything. A problem that I hope to remedy in the near future, Steve. Just as you remedied the Adam Sandler Western, The Ridiculous Six. The only thing ridiculous about this film is the blood oath Adam Sandler should have sworn to devote his entire existence to your happiness in exchange for your appearance in this gangrenous toe he calls a film. Werner, why don't you tell him what we talked about? Oh, yes. I'm sorry for kidnapping a family I thought was yours, Steve. Yeah, that sounds like maybe you're just sorry you got the wrong family. Oh, Steve. I have been caught in the labyrinthian Rubik's Cube that is your intellect. You foiled me again. I shouldn't speak this way and expect to be liberated. Just as you single-handedly liberated the movie Chicken Little by portraying Runt of the Litter. May I say your character would have much more aptly been named Giant of the Picture. Side note, Steve. Were I ever to hear anyone actually call you a runt, I would barrage them with insults so fierce and soul-crushing that it would shake the very foundation of their humanity. They would be left with a singular option, to go home and cry in the mirror. They would know the bitter taste of shame. Uh, guys? Uh, officers? Yeah, Mr. Zahn, what's up? Uh, it doesn't sound like Warner's changed. 
like at all. And, uh, you know, he's not even that famous. So maybe you just lock him up again for a much longer time. I'm not so sure, Mr. Zahn. He's right on point about those movies. Well, I'm not saying they were perfect or anything, but, I mean, they they had their moments. I'll be honest, I have not seen them. But I do know you from something. You done any TV? Because I know TV. Oh, Officer Day, what a question to ask. (laughs) Steve played the role of Ronnie in The Critical Darling. Modern family. Steve, I'll be honest, I never did watch the show, but I did save each of your episodes on VHS and committed your scenes to memory. And what glorious memories they are! Where I feel dumpy, I would have last seen my wife Claire in my rearview mirror as you and I drove off into a world of endless sunrises and twizzlers. I know how you love them so. Perhaps by now you've guessed that yes, of course I've seen the show. Oopsie, Steve. I fibbed again. Oh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, man, you were good in that real good stuff. Thanks. You also may know him as perpetual jokester Buff on both stage and screen in the Eric Bogosian Ode to Boredom and Malaise. Suburbia. The whole film takes place in the parking lot of a 7-Eleven convenience store, to which I say, Steve, you were the five-hour energy drink of this film. You were the single-serve packet of Tylenol to remedy the migraine headache I received each time I was exposed to Parker Posey's hackneyed and gratingly amateurish performance. You, sir, are my 64-ounce Slurpee on the hot summer day. Of life. And this one, Steve, I had on Laserdisc. Gotta say, Werner, you're right on the money there, too. I grew up in the burbs. Steve got it exactly right. Yes, he did, Mr. Skegnetti. He was as precise in his artistic choices as I was. When I put 100 milligrams of tamazepam I made in my prison cell in your coffee just before this meeting commenced. Huh? Huh? What? No, you couldn't. Oh, my head feels like Coachella. That, my Steve, was the sound of a flimsy government table breaking in two. That's two, as in the Stuart Little movie in which you played Monty. And in doing so, you transformed an ill-conceived, shoddily executed sequel on par with Sun of the mask, into a cinematic awakening on par with The Godfather Part Two. No doubt film students and admirers will be stew-ding the artistic B-12 shot that was your performance for many years to come. There was nothing little about your performance, Steve. Even your subtle nuances are gargantuan in their impact. It is my personal theory this performance shaped the moral compass of this country and likely impacted several presidential elections. I weep for those poor souls who have not yet seen this masterpiece. They might as well live in a world without sunshine. So you're breaking out, aren't you, Warner? 
Nothing gets by you, Steve. Not at all like I will easily get by the guards looking at the highly artistic security camera footage. Which, which I looped. You know me too well, Steve. We shall meet again, my cherub. There are so many other Zon-paralleled masterpieces to discuss. Such as when you played Jack Monk Jr. in an episode of the USA television series, Monk. I couldn't have found your performance more compelling, even if you'd prepared for the role silently over decades in a Himalayan monastery. Oh, that's a deep cut there, Warner. Glad I installed a panic room. Helvidesen! Mein Liebchen! The holidays are such a tough time. All the running around and last-minute shopping really takes a toll. I know I'll forget someone on my list, and it just breaks me up that people would think I'm being rude. And it's the worst if it happens to be one of my kids' teachers. I feel so bad. I want them to know I appreciate everything they do, but I'm never sure what to get them. Such a pickle. My son Jeremy would never have passed geometry if not for Ms. Nolan. She's so attentive and really makes learning fun. I just can't figure out what to do to say thank you. I'm stumped. Hey there, folks. You and thousands of parents across the country face the same struggle. An apple on a teacher's desk just doesn't cut it anymore. Sure, you could buy a house plant or get a restaurant gift certificate, but that would make you the same as all the other parents. We at Tyburn Industries have come up with a revolutionary new gift for teachers that parents everywhere can afford. It's called the Kinnison Technique. Give your children's teachers the gift of excellent classroom behavior by breaking their will to misbehave. This isn't a kit and there's no assembly required. Simply read our short pamphlet on home discipline inspired by the yelliest comedian of the 1980s and follow the instructions. Parents and teachers can't stop raving about what a little raising of the volume can do. Before the Kinnison Technique, I never knew how to show my daughter's social studies teacher how much I valued all she did to help Emily learn about the presidents. But when Emily showed up at school shaking because of how I'd screamed at her in the car that morning, well, Miss Gleason gave me a subtle thumbs up. I just knew I'd gotten it right. My daughter was so scared, she hasn't looked me in the eye in days. And all she did was spill a half a glass of milk before I drove her to school. Using our patented methodology, you'll jump on any chance to scream and shout at your children and slowly chisel away at their self-esteem. This will make them much more pliable when placed before a trusted educator. I have a class of 23 students. It would take me forever to calm them down after recess. Thanks to the Kinnison technique, now I just walk in the room and they are terrified. I mean, absolutely terrified. The presence of any adult just scares the bejesus out of these kids. It reminds me of why I got into teaching. I'm thinking of having one of my own. I would have so much pent-up aggression and pure rage to direct at my own little Jack or Jill, and I'm not the only one using it. Just give a listen. I'll crack my classroom window. Remember, you fucking bitches! Ah! I've been an educator for over 30 years, 
Before this program, I dealt with unruly students regularly. But just yesterday, I saw Mother dig into her 12-year-old with some really personal stuff. She had him on the ropes. She sounded exactly like Sam Kinison, for Christ's sake. Just right up close yelling, ah! Into the kid's face. Pure magic to see the results. He sat in the back of my class and just rocked back and forth for the whole day. He never said a word. Now that's a lesson he won't soon forget. Don't get me wrong. Jeremy is a good kid. But the other day he tripped in public and I just let him have it. Really gave him both barrels. <laughs> told him he'd shamed our family by being such a klutz. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and as per the pamphlet's instruction, I did it at a high volume in a public place, the mall. The girl he has a crush on even saw. The best part? I tripped him myself. I'll always channel my inner Kinnison from his Live From Hell album to say thanks to all of Jeremy's teachers. They really seem to love it. But you have to be consistent and accountable. You can't let yourself slip up. Really press their emotional limits. I'll tell you, his biology teacher hugged me at the last parent-teacher conference. He said Jeremy often spends the entire class biting off what's left of his fingernails and muttering things that he sees just to keep himself grounded. That's how you know it works. There's a fucking reason! It's the Kinnison Technique Educational Pamphlet. Your children's teachers will thank you out of gratitude. Your children will thank you out of abject fear. By Tyburn Industries. Helpful products for horrible people. Okay, guys, I've been working on this for a while now, and I think it's ready to be debuted. Hmm, what you working on there, bud? Please don't be offended, Mike but I've been working on an impression of you. Ha! Huh. Offended? That's flattering, man. I can't believe you spent time working on an impression of little old me. <laughs> Happy to join the ranks of, you know, the Sam Elliotts and the Werner Herzogs of the world. Let's hear it. All right. Um, la, 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 la. It's a rare condition this day and age. Ah, uh, ha, 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 Okay, you're keeping me in suspense, man. Let's go. Don't, I have to tune the instrument, Mike. Don't, uh. Oh, sorry. All right. Sorry. Gotta All right. process. Here goes. Here goes. Here goes. <clears throat> Here goes. Here goes. Here we go. Hey, guys. It's me, Mike. Welcome back to another episode of Ted and Michael Read Scratches in a Microphone. <laughs> That's, <laughs> I mean, that's a, a thing that I say. Yeah. <laughs> you really went broad with it there, huh? Also, I'd like to inform the public that my penis has a toenail. I've always kept that a secret for the world, but it's true. <laughs> okay. That's a horrifying image, but I feel like I'm being sort of roasted. That's fun. Mike, I really don't think you should tell your listeners about your penis toenail. It's not something that a lot of people are going to understand. And I just think it's a, wait. Ted, was that you as Mike? That was spot on. Can you do more? Sometimes when I'm bored, I go into a maternity ward and burst in on a woman in labor and yell, Mom, it's me from the future. I always wanted to see my own birth. By the way, this is how I turn out. Mike, it's like there's two of you in the apartment. Ted, how long have you been working on this? About a week. Well, you nailed it. Honestly, one of the best impressions I've ever heard. Can you say something else in Mike's stupid voice? What the hell is happening right now? That impression is actually 
really insulting. And I would never say any of the things that Ted is saying because they're, you know, not true. Jillian, could you please come over here and slicker me up in Vaseline? I want to crawl through the vents and spy on our neighbors again. I'm a creepy voyeur and I don't respect privacy. It's like I'm talking to my husband. All right, knock it off, both of you, please. I like to smother myself in cream cheese and pretend to be a bagel. Also, I never learned how to use toilet paper. I just used Q-tips by the handful. I'm like, I don't know where to look. Which one of you is the real Mike? Is it this guy or is it this guy? I mean, who did I marry? Ted, you're amazing at impressions. Fine, you know what? Well, well check this out. Uh, I'm Ted. I like scotch and talking about my numerous health problems and being generally negative. I have a ginger beard. Not quite. Listen to how nuanced Ted's impression of you is. You have to have fun with it, but the devil's in the details. Watch. Ted, do Mike again. Uh, okay, something Mike would say. Oh, here, um, if I'm not listening to Reagan's tear down this wall speech, I'm not having sex. It's that simple. See, now that is an impression. It also helps that what he's saying is so damn accurate. It's really not. Try again, Mike, but focus on what makes Ted unique. Are you guys, like, fucking with me? Like, are you mad that I do something? Like, tell me. No, look, I get it. It's like hearing a recording of your own voice. It's super jarring at first. Try it again and do an impression of Ted. I believe in you. You can get there. I'm Ted. I have a tiny penis and an irregular heartbeat. Over the line, man. Way over the line. Yeah, Mike, too far, man. But I was, I was literally doing the same shit that Ted was doing just now. Mike, I was doing a researched and thoughtful impression. No harm meant. And you, um, you bring my arrhythmia into this? What's wrong with you, man? I'm sorry, man. I, I guess I, I just don't hear what you guys are hearing. Apologies if I hurt your feelings. I, I just, I don't get what is going on right now. If adulthood had merit badges, I'd have one for sneaking into retirement communities and planting drug paraphernalia in the bedside tables of the residents. Watching old people be taken away in cuffs is my favorite. This week I got Mr. Cunningham his third strike. <laughs> that is so Mike. <laughs> this has been fun, guys. Super fun, but I need some air. Note to self. Ted knows too much. What was that? Not nothing. You do crazy guy. I'm mad at you. <laughs> Special thanks to our brave field reporter, Alan Dobbs, for your hard work on that glacial movement segment. Now go get yourself a shower and a hot meal, Alan. We're rooting for a smooth amputation of that big toe. Man, that thing was black as coal, am I right, Donna? You sure are, Kip, like obsidian lava glass. I'd hate to be Alan most days, but even more so today. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure, and we make more than him. Luckily, our next segment is a little more appetizing because it's time for Donna's recurring food segment, Eat This! Kip, if you're anything like me, mornings are busy and it can be hard to find the time to make a nutritious breakfast. We literally have the same job, Donna. Our hellish early morning schedules are identical, except for the makeup. You have a lot of it on. 
I don't give you a thought. So when I heard that Tyburn Industries had partnered with Kellogg's for the first ever line of savory breakfast cereals, I was intrigued. Today we'll be talking with Stephen Lutz, who is a food chemist at Kellogg's, and helped develop this line of breakfast blackbusters. Stephen, welcome. Well, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. So how did this uh, idea come about, Stephen? Savory cereals, that sounds a bit strange, doesn't it? It did at first, but we did a little market research and found that men of a certain age are often looking towards things like bacon and eggs, an egg sandwich or cold pizza as breakfast options. For a portion of the general population, a donut or a sugary cereal just doesn't hit the mark. And how did Tyburn Industries get involved? Well, Tyburn has a history of dealing with a particular segment of society that we're looking to capture. So it was a natural partnership. But hey, enough about how we got here. How about we try some of these delicious cereals? Yes, indeed. Smells so good, but I I just had a crown replaced yesterday, so I have to wait a few more hours before I can eat anything solid. But this all looks fantastic. Well, you'll have to live vicariously through Donna. (laughs) First up, we have teriyaki mini wheats. Here I go. (laughs) Oh, oh, oh. Well, that's interesting. It's regular mini-wheats that have been soaked in a warm and thick teriyaki sauce. Boy, they really do fall apart in your mouth. Oh. Yet the mini-wheats are still dry in parts. Like the sauce is too thick to be fully absorbed. That teriyaki is very savory indeed. Mm. Well, it wouldn't be savory cereal if it wasn't high in heart-healthy sodium. Those minis clock in at about 1,740 milligrams of sodium. So roughly 72% of your daily sodium need in a one cup portion. About the same salt content you get from two cans of corned beef hash. Can you believe it? I believe it. Can I get a glass of water? No time. On to our next delicacy. This is Count Stocula. This is a corn-based hot breakfast cereal wherein the corn puffs have been impregnated with an inordinate amount of beef bouillon. But today is your lucky day because I've got a surprise. This is the spicy chicken bouillon flavor of Count Stocula. Hasn't even hit the shelves yet. Oh, now I'm really jealous. I love spicy chicken flavoring. I did six months in Chino when I lived in California. I lived on cup of noodles. That just looks... This one works a little differently because it's a hot cereal, but it's meant to be served over hot water or warm milk. Personally, I think the milk is a tastier option. The liquid comes to life and takes on a lovely yellow or brown hue. I have some milk here that's been simmering, and Donna, allow me to pour and then you can taste. Maybe we'll let that cool and come back to it. Donna, hi. I'm going to need you to stomp on the mouth breaks, okay? There's an order to these things, and we really... We really got to keep our eyes on the clock. Just please do as I ask. I'm afraid he's right, Donna. And it looks like we're closing in on another commercial break, so time's a-wasting. Oh, okay. Dear Jesus, that is so mind-blowingly hot. It's both spicy and the milk has reduced the consistency of white tear. The spice is so overpowering. Can I please have something to cool my mouth? Yeah, that's a proprietary blend of chilies you're tasting. Moving right along, this is just the thing to cool off your mouth. This time, I'd like you to tell me 
what the flavor is. Kip, I'm scared. Donna, that's just what you said about that ballroom dancing piece we did a year ago. Remember how much fun you had? This is no different. I got to dance with Carolyn Farrell. This is very different. He's Ireland's James Dean. <laughs> this is a cold cereal with milk. I promise it's not spicy. Okay. Oh, wow. That is terrible. I didn't love the others, but I can't eat this. This is vile. You can't feed that to the general public. They'll revolt and kill everyone who works with you. The heads of everyone at Kellogg's will be on pikes. Your bodies will be hung in public spaces so no man would ever turn loose something so disgusting on the fine tax-paying American public again. May God have mercy on your soul, Stephen. For I know I cannot. Just the reaction I'd expected. That one was just good old-fashioned grape nuts. Been around since 1897, proving once and for all why we need a savory breakfast alternative. Amazing. Just amazing. A masterclass in marketing. Tell us about your other flavors that we didn't get to here today. Oh, sure. Let's learn about the At your flavors. local grocery store right now in the cereal aisle, you'll get the flavors mentioned here, as well as beef and garlic cornflakes, calamari loops, goulash checks, tomato crispies with golden grilled cheese grams, lobster bisque tricks, avocado toast crunch for the millennials, and lucky lamb shanks. Jim, I asked for a cold glass of water at the beginning of this godforsaken segment. I still don't have one. There should have been one right here on this side table. There's nothing on it. It's an empty table on camera for P's S. What is there, a water shortage in this studio? Or are y'all just too flippin' stupid to fetch something for your talent that makes up 60% of us and 71% of the flippin' earth? Someone get me a Labatt. Stephen, thank you for being here. We'll head to that commercial now. When we return, oh, Donna's in a state. How can you tell when someone is really horny? Just ask them? <laughs> I wouldn't risk that kind of rejection. Our experts weigh in with solutions. Don't touch that dial. This is Top of the Morning. episode goes out to landlords. There's nothing like paying a small fortune in rent every month to live in a shoebox-sized apartment in the greatest city in the world. Especially when your landlord ignores your every request to fix things that are broken while never forgetting to cash your check each month. And I pay my rent on time always, and yet I have to ask Ted to help me fix things. Listeners, Ted is not a handyman, and it shows clear as day. He once tried to fix a broken doorknob with a rubber band and a paper wrapper from a straw. I still think it would have worked if you'd just given time for the glue to set. But we all know how impatient Mike can be. Ted, that won't work. Ted, please go home. Ted, stop rummaging through my garbage for snacks. So if you're a landlord, enjoy the advantage you have here on Earth. You haven't earned it. If adulthood had merit badges, I'd have one for sneaking into retirement communities and having sex with the meatloaf. Did I do this voice before on this? I feel like we have pictures of that somewhere. Because I can't, I can't do it without doing that stupid face. It's the, uh, the face is what does it. If the face wasn't part of it, then I don't care. And yes, I know this is for a podcast. But <laughs> That's encouraging. I like to smother myself in cream cheese and pretend to be a bagel. Also, I never... <laughs> 
<laughs> this is going to be a tough one. Today we'll be talking with Stephen Lutz, who is a food chemist at Kellogg's and helped develop this line of breakfast. Are you laughing? Don't change a thing about Kellogg's. Are you kidding me? This is the spicy... <laughs> this is the spicy chicken bouillon flavor of Count Stop. Sorry. This is Count Stocula. This is a corn. <laughs> Fuck. Why is this so funny? <clears throat> Ted and Michael read sketches into microphones is written and directed by Michael Paul Smith and Ted O'Gorman. With some room for improv because Mike loves jazz and he's sad he never learned to play the trumpet. This season of the podcast was recorded by Chelsea Cohen with editing, mixing, and sound design by Tom Kelly at Clean Cut Audio. This season was also produced in association with our dear friends over at Mischief Media. And I'm Jillian Pensavale, your executive producer. You can find full credits, including all of our incredible voice talent, plus episodes, transcripts, and more at tedandmichael.com. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and we'd really appreciate it if you can rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. Those reviews help a lot, and look, I know there are two straight white guys with a podcast, but they're two of the good ones, so can you do us a solid? Thanks. Follow the guys on Instagram, at Ted and Michael Podcast, and individually, at Ted underscore O'Gorman, and at NPSmithNYC. You can also find Mike on TikTok at the same handle. For feedback of all kinds, use Ted and Michael at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening, and stay weird, friends. Stay weird, friends.